Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is Central Texas Living with Ann Harder. We are in what I like to call the dog days of summer, the most boring time of the year for weather professionals. And I'm so glad to welcome my friend and former colleague, Matt Hines, to the Central Texas Living podcast. Now, you're coming up on a 13th anniversary. Yeah, 13 years, 12 years with you. (laughs) I know. So it's pretty amazing. Over a decade with the Ann Harder and... (laughs) Now 13 years coming up KXXV and working from home in this environment here. Well, you know, and the way longtime weathercasters, I'm thinking all over, Mm -hmm. you know, the United States, you're just, you're still a newbie at 13 years. Yeah. (laughs) Sort of, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Um, But I like to call this, I was discussing this earlier, uh, I like the summertime now. I used not to be a huge fan of it. I know. But now I really like it because spring is just, there's just so much going on and trying to stay up as a meteorologist and doing all that. And summer, we just kind of get to catch our breath and work on some things. And okay, finally we can can kind of relax a little bit. Yeah, because in the the spring you usually do a special. Mm -hmm. And uh, so let's talk a little bit about severe weather. I mean, that, that's sort of what what, drive, what drives the train, you know, in a way, I would think, oh, for, for, sure. for a weather forecaster. And you've got a great, you know, team mm-hmm. there, you know, who just really love, you, it's strange to say, but you love severe weather. Yeah, you have to, what I tell everyone that comes and works for me is you have to be a nerd about weather. <laughs> and if you're not, a severe weather market's not for you. Right. So, <laughs> because so I, you this have is... to be willing to cancel plans. Yeah. You have to be willing to get up in the middle of the night and cover it. And we had that Easter morning yeah. this past spring. Easter morning, we had a tornado warning in McLennan County. So yeah. you just have to be ready at all times. There are no holidays. Weather doesn't take a holiday. It's 365, 366 on leap year. Yeah, so so this is this is severe weather country. And and why, is. why is that? Can you explain well, There's a is? lot of things that come into play here. Texas is very unique and the plains are very unique just on a world scale. Because we had the Gulf of Mexico, and what I like to say is that's the gasoline that you put into your car. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's the gasoline you put in your car. That makes everything run. If we didn't have the Gulf of Mexico, we wouldn't have the fuel for showers and thunderstorms here. We'd be more like Arizona, mm-hmm. the deserts out in New right, Mexico, further, and something further like west, that. Yeah. So that is the gas station we need here. And that fuel comes up into here, and we have all sorts of air masses that meet up in the plains. And it's very unique because we have Canada to the north that brings in the cold fronts, and that can create some of the thunderstorms. We also have, out to the west, of course, the deserts. And we have a very unique feature that's only found two places in the world. It's called the dry line. Mm -hmm. And the dry line separates, just like a cold front separates cold air and warm air, a dry line separates the dry air to the west, the moist air to the east, and that clash of the air masses is a clash and that can spark off thunderstorms as well and we're, so we're only kind of here in, in that yeah yeah, yeah it's only found why. here and uh, down in south america those are the yeah. only two places a dry line exists 
So we're in a very so, unique place. That's where the name Tornado Alley kind of comes from. Yes, there is Tornado. There's also Dixie Alley, too. Yeah. That's in the southeastern part of the United States. They've actually been more active. Right, Oklahoma didn't a, see. Yeah. Right. Oklahoma City didn't storms. see much at all. Yeah. Deadly this, storms in, in the past. Well, peop, you know, when I would talk to folks about television business, I said, you know, it's rewarding. It was rewarding for me as a, as a news broadcaster to bring information and stories to, to people. But the most important thing we did mm-hmm. or do is weather because people die from it. Yes, they can. And that's why I take my job extremely seriously. Yeah. And you have to be like that. Like there are the days like now in the summertime, I'm showing <laughs> whatever I can show to make it entertaining. <laughs> you're you're yes. trying, trying to be creative. But <laughs> I think people realize when I turn on the serious mode, of course I wear the red tie yeah. and I, that's become a real thing. Now people watch for that red tie. That's right. And then when they see that, they're like, okay, now it's serious, Matt. We got to actually. It's a solid red tie, though. If you got a speckled red tie or a striped red tie, that's different. And and tell everybody how you retire these ties. Yes, Um, unfortunately, we do get fatalities. Yeah. And I want to remember those fatalities that have happened under me. So what I do is I take a sharpie, I write the date, I write the person's name, and Mm -hmm. I put it and I store it away. So I always have that. And you pull it out and you go, that's why I do my job. Whenever the days you're like, oh my gosh, can I keep doing this? Can I keep going? I've been doing this for 20 (laughs) years. Yeah, you can because you see that and you go, yeah, my job means something. Yeah. Things have changed so much. Um, You know, I know people obviously who remember the 1953 tornado in Mm -hmm. Waco and you've studied it, I'm sure. A lot. (laughs) <laughs> as as a meteorologist. And where the studio is, that's pretty close to where it was coming sure, across. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. And, you know, it was just such such a dramatic and deadly event. But so many changes have happened with the technology you use. Oh, yeah. They had a radar system at Texas A&M in 1953. Mm-hmm. Very primitive. And the term hook echo that you hear used actually sure. came from the Waco tornado. Um, we They saw this appendage that came out and they didn't know what it was at the time and then they realized that's what it was when they started doing research later so the term hook echo came from the waco tornado of 1953 yeah so and it's, it's something it, it, you definitely yeah. can see when oh yes when you're watch when you're For watching sure. watching the radar but now i mean you you can get a street level yeah we can go right down to street yeah. level and if they would have had that back then they probably would have had a lot more i mean things would have been yeah. different and waco just economically back then, was on pace with Austin. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that. Oh, the and downtown was yeah, just It was booming. booming. And if that one event would not have happened, where would Waco be today? Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing to think about. That, that took Waco down for, I mean, Waco's a great place. It still grew, but mm-hmm. it took it away from that for about two decades well, before yeah, it, it really moved, started exploding. It moved everything yes, to the suburbs, it and it, it really kind of took Magnolia mm-hmm. <laughs> to, yeah. to help it bring did. things back alive um, in downtown Waco. Well, I lost count, really, of all the kids who would want to come and spend some time with you in the mm-hmm. Weather Center because it, it just fascinates children and in so many uh, little boys, you know, little girls. I think one of these days we're going to see them on the air because they, they're just so... Like, like, they're that weather nerd way early. Is that's that what, you? That's what happened to me. <laughs> I thought that was you. So in kindergarten, that's when I found my love for weather. Yeah. And that's what usually, there's usually, with every meteorologist, there's usually an event that that turned them on to weather. 
And mine was, I was sitting downstairs and I had watching Sesame Street. My mom was taking a nap upstairs. She ran downstairs, said, there's a tornado warning. We need to get in our, what we call our Frady hole, yeah. which was <laughs> underneath the counter in a bathroom All right. that was next to the kitchen. And so she went, I kept going to the glass door. Yeah, you're not supposed to be there, right? But, you know, I'm in kindergarten. And so at that moment, I saw my neighbor's fence just fly away and the tornado in the field behind us. And I was you like, You actually saw I, the yeah, funnel cloud. I have to know oh what goodness. makes that happen. And that's how I got interested in meteorology. And that very moment got me here today. And the neighbors that live next door to us. <laughs> live next door to now my wife's parents. Really? And they're the ones that introduced us. So I owe those people for my career <laughs> and my wife. Your wife <laughs> yes. and your two precious twins. Yes, and Austin I and remember Edison. when they were born mm-hmm. and they're going into the third grade. You're right. They're going into Good the memory. third grade. Um, yeah, they so, were born. 2011, of course, was the year we had... Oh yeah, all the heat. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that yeah, in a minute. Okay. But first, I want to talk. Want to talk about the twins? So, are they? You know, are they kind of showing inkling that you know maybe they want to follow in your footsteps? Uh, Austin or not? kind of is. Yeah, really. He, he's he's interested. He's interested in a lot of things though. Yes. His mind is just mm-hmm. constantly going. So mm-hmm. he's um, interested. Really, I think civil engineering. He loves to yeah, build bridges. Well. He loves to build. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. And Addison's really interested in baking and. Stuff like that. Good. She wants to own her own bakery. That's what and she says. And she's a gymnast, day, so. too. She she's does gymnastics as yeah. well, and yeah. he plays baseball and football, so we'll see yeah. how that They're pans cute out. Cute kids, just precious so. kids. Well, yeah, they were they were coming along the way that very famous summer. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the night they the day they were born, that night, it rained for the first time in Waco in forever. And that was in November. Yes. <laughs> that, I and remember we got a that big, as well. We got a big thunderstorm that night they were born. I was like, wow, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> when we're being so much drought. Yeah. Could be that, you know, drop in barometric mm-hmm. pressure did something. But yeah, so the summer of 2011, you know, we were, there were t-shirts. I yeah, we made those it. t-shirts. Yeah, I survived it. That was now how many 100 degree days? 90. 90 100 degree days. And yeah. I can't remember how many you had in a row, but it was in the 20s and 30s. I mean, it was just, it was nuts. It was crazy. <laughs> and once you start getting on a streak like that, you're like, well, we might as well go ahead and break the record. We've gone this yeah, far. Yeah, let's keep going. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so, yeah. Anyone that was here in twenty the summer of 2011, you lived history. A lot of weather history on that one. So, and then we had our 114 degree day, the right. hottest ever. That was, what, two, three years ago? Um, yeah, maybe year before last yeah I don't so know. I, I think I'm, i was there I so remember i've been here for two major that. heat events yeah the hottest temperature ever recorded and those 90 days we had back in the summer of 2011 and that started back it started hitting hundreds in may right i i do i do insane. remember that it it was but it was so dry so even though we've had a few really hot days um no, it's we're not, not been anything no. close to what and we had all the we wildfires then too Right. We had that wildfire that was west of Fort Worth near Possum Kingdom Lake. And that actually, we had one day where we had all the smoke blow across central Texas. And oh, it obscured the sun. Yeah. And yeah, that was that was a big drought. There's so much involved in weather, though. I mean, and, and you like to, to bring folks, even things having to do with the moon and the phases mm-hmm. and all that, all that kind of thing. It's all just part of the science of your job, right? Yeah, we're the station scientists. <laughs> they, that, that's what they want us to be. It's right. not just, I mean, meteorologists... We're on Earth and the atmosphere, but 
we have to know a little bit about astronomy. We have to know a little bit about geology because earthquakes happen. And who, who in the station knows about earthquakes? Right. Well, not many people unless you lived in California. So they yeah. come to us as the station scientists to explain that to people. And even in our weather system, we have earthquake detections. We can pull that up just on an instant. Oh, yeah. So, and then talking about, we have Neowise, the comet that's out there right now that you can see at dawn and dusk. And it's hard to see right now, but I've been trying to look for it. But some of the pictures have been amazing. Yeah, of course, we've, we've gone through the horrific Saharan desert. Oh, we get that. Yeah, that, 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 that is was, actually a yearly thing. Yeah, but it is. But this year was, was really thick. It yeah. really came across. One good thing that happens with that, though, is you get less tropical activity. So yeah. we've had named storm. We have five named storms as of this. That's right. We and, haven't had much of anything. But they've been weak, and they've been out into the Atlantic, yeah. and that's one thing. We may have a major hurricane season with above normals, but... If they're all fish storms out in the ocean, oh, who cares? Then it, yeah, then it doesn't matter. So <laughs> hopefully that's the way it's going to be. But we still have the peak to go in August and September. If there was a particular storm, is there a particular weather event that uh, you recall reporting that really sticks in your mind? Hmm. That might be a there part. Are, there, are, there are a lot of them. <laughs> um, I, heard, I covered Hurricane Lily back in 2002. Hmm. And that was my first experience of covering a hurricane. And we were down there on the Louisiana coast. And just to see the anticipation and everything and driving along the coastal highway, and there's nobody. It's like a ghost town. Yeah. And then Which going. Which is as it should be. And then going <laughs> through it. Yeah. And actually experiencing it as a person and not just a meteorologist. Yeah, the mm-hmm. phenomenon was. But all the power goes out. So when all the power goes out, yeah, you have the power go out at your house. But when all of the power goes out citywide, water doesn't work. Your toilet doesn't work. There's a lot of things that you take for granted. (laughs) And all of a sudden you don't have, and you're like, oh, wow. And then, of course, no AC. So, I mean, it was definitely an experience that I can remember like, wow, this really does affect people in a big way. And then there was Hurricane Rita. And I went through that. And that, of course, they evacuated all of Houston for that one. And so you were reporting yeah, for I was, another I was reporting station. I got a great there. shot of me in Galveston with the big wave. That was a cool shot. But I think the biggest thing I took from that one was we stopped on I-10. We turned off the car. We got out of the car. And it was complete silence in the middle of downtown Houston. Not a soul, not a car, nothing. Hmm. That was very interesting it felt like the apocalypse had just happened yeah now what that wasn't the eye of the storm was no it? that was no before no no, no, it no. that was before it happened yeah. but they had evacuated everybody, everybody it, was out it was unbelievable to see a major u.s city like that barren of anybody well that this is an important takeaway too that that people do listen to what you're saying that they mm-hmm. do understand when things are happening whether and, and weather-wise we, and that are, they need to yeah, be and are we perfect aware, are we you know? perfect with it no yeah but we can get we can get it down to a pretty good science right now. We can tell people, hey, a few days in advance, this oh, is the yeah. area we're looking at. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you your specific city. And if anyone's saying they can, then they're lying to you. But once we get to day of, yeah, we can really start to narrow it down. And we have computer models now with the new satellites that have been launched and everything that we they're, they update every five minutes. I mean, it's on a five-minute scale. So you can see storms literally popping up. So... We, we, the science is getting a lot better, yes. 
I rem- recall, you know, what you talked about, you know, how we would tap in on your expertise. I remember when the West explosion oh, happened. Yeah. yeah. We, of course, there we was another all, memorable moment. That <laughs> was another memorable for all of us yeah. because, you know, there was a lot of concern when that explosion happened mm-hmm. in a fertilizer plant. What is in the air and where is it going mm-hmm. and how is it going to affect people? I recall you, you know, right at the very beginning of our reporting. So I have a story about that day. Yeah. So I'm sitting at home. My mother-in-law is with us. We just had... Because we just had the kids. They weren't very old. And um, I was clicking through the channels, and I saw you and Bruce. I was like, is that a promo? That looks odd. Then I turned <laughs> no. up the volume, and y'all were talking about this explosion. And I went, right. oh, I think I got to go. So I back out, and I accidentally hit my mother-in-law's Lexus. Because <laughs> I was in That's a hurry. Memorable. Yeah, That's that was memorable. a memorable part of it. But I remember coming back in, and our news director, Dennis, at the time, I came in, he handed me a little hazmat book. Oh. He goes, you need to research this. this. And I was like, wow. I've, you never think that you're going to, I mean, when you're studying meteorology, that's like a really small sliver. You don't really think you're ever mm-hmm. going to use something like that. Well, that night, yeah. we used it. And I called the weather service. The weather service, they did a modeling of it. And they showed that the winds were going to be switching that night. And because we had a cold front coming in. So we're going to go from south winds to a north wind. And they actually moved the triage uh, in west into a different location because of that forecast. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was that was a major event, um, one that I'll definitely carry for a long time because it was just interesting. We were getting calls from all over the world sure. of just wanting to know information. And you and Bruce were there for how long many hours? Long time. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah we, we went on the air about, I want to say... It was dinner time. Eight-ish. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Just I'd after gotten dinner. back after dinner, and mm-hmm. uh, Bruce meets me in the parking lot saying, there's been an explosion. Of course, we would always say, don't bother me unless the Alico building yeah. explodes. That's a, mm-hmm. kind of our running joke. Mm-hmm. And I said, you're kidding, right? No, there was an explosion. <laughs> so, and, and we were on the air until, I know, early morning hours, and then came back on the air later, you know, in the, like, five or six. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was it was a long it was a long reporting period, but, you know, it's just one of those um, tragic events that you just couldn't even in your wildest dreams. Yeah, who come thinks up, Yeah, think that something, I mean, something like that, or, you know, that something like that would happen. And, and uh, you know, the bravery of the, the firefighters. And the whole you know. world got interested. Yeah, yeah, sure. Right here in Central Texas. Sure, but, you know, again, like you say, that's why, that's why we do the work. What is the one thing you, you think people do not understand about the weather that you wish they did? The one thing. How many um, more than one thing? <laughs> Could be a lot of things. Just understand that we're forecasting for a viewing area and not your house. Yeah. Because yes. we put in a 50%, 60% chance of rain. Well, that still means there's a 40 to 50% chance it won't rain at your house. And remember, we're dealing with probabilities here. So when we're going a 90% chance, yeah, probably most of the area is going to get. But we're giving ourselves that little cushion because... One little part of the area may not see the rain, right? Or we have a twenty percent. Oh, it rained on me. Well, we had a twenty percent chance of raining. You just happened to be at the lucky spot, so go play the lottery or something because you were lucky today. But that's the one thing that it's we have to forecast: San Saba to Centerville, Hillsborough to Way Georgetown, Waco, Temple, Colleen. It's a big area, so we're just not yeah. forecasting for one specific point. So I think that's the one thing that I really want people to realize that when we're putting a probability out there, it's not for your just exact location. It's for the viewing area. And so when you have to do those 
cut-ins. Oh, that's always fun. Okay. Well, Some okay. of the now, worst not, ones. The not, worst ones was, the, was it a Dallas Cowboy game? Because I've okay, been Okay, that there. was in Amarillo. That was okay. when I was working in Amarillo. <laughs> I had a Dallas Cowboys game on the Fox station. We were a duopoly. It was Fox and NBC, and the Olympics were on in right. uh, on the NBC station, and there was a swimming medal final, and the Cowboys were on a preseason game. And it you was, had to cut in And I had to for cut weather. in for a tornado warning. Oh, my. Woo. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, people get real upset. and <laughs> They call the they station. They can, but it's actually gone down a lot yeah. in the past 10 years. You or since so? I've been here, yeah. people don't complain because there are so many avenues you can get that program now. Yeah. You can well, just hop that. on to digital services, and it's there for you the next day. Mm-hmm. So it's people still get mad, but it's not nearly what it was when we didn't have all those options to see television shows. Yeah, I remember, though, that Dancing of the, with the Stars. Oh, Dancing with the Stars or Grey's Anatomy or anything like that? finale, oh. I think, for mm-hmm. Dancing with the Stars, and you had to cut in. So, so what happens. is what is the rule? When do you, so people understand, mm-hmm. this is when I have to cut in. You know, sometimes you can use tornado a crawl. Warning, you can do a crawl. Tornado or warning always. Yeah. Because that that can kill people. Sure. I usually put a threshold golf ball size hail or larger because that can create a lot of damage and people want to know about that. Or winds in excess of seventy miles per hour. Now the official warning criteria is quarters sixty mile per hour winds. And we'll usually run a crawl for that, or if it's close to a populated area, we'll do a quick cut in. Mm-hmm. But to stay on the air it needs to be something pretty major. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, you know, that is one thing. People can get upset, you know, and I, w- I would like to say, you know, if, if it's your grandmother that is in the path That's of that right. tornado, wouldn't you want her to know about exactly. it? Exactly. You know, it may be perfectly sunny at your house, but, you know, it is a big area. You can't please everyone. To. I've been called every name in the book. I'm still going. I'm still going. <laughs> well, well, we're we're glad, and I and I miss being with you every day <laughs> at work. Do you? But, yeah, Do you? Well, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Maybe thirty percent. There you go. There we go. Let's do. No, dealing with probabilities. There we go. Thirty percent. Ah, but uh, our time is drawing to an end. But I like to uh, end these visits with a, a simple questionnaire. It's similar to the one that the late great James Lipton would do on okay. inside the actor studio. Mm-hmm. You remember yep. that? I remember that. Okay. And, uh, so here's my version of it. What's your favorite word? favorite word oh man there's a lot of them out there my favorite word uh i think it's a town in northwest tech chillicothe (laughs) i mean that's just a weird name (laughs) you did have to learn a lot of strange names oh yes i know a lot of things about yeah yeah i know a lot of counties too and i try to remember them so yes you had to you it was a fast learning curve when you came with all those when i when i had that town name i was like how do i even say that (laughs) yeah that's that's a good one okay what's your least favorite word we have to keep this clean i'm just kidding (laughs) um (laughs) wrong I don't like being wrong. Yeah. Well, accuracy is really kind of what exactly. you hang your hat on. So I don't really, being you wrong is not a good thing. Um, that, yeah, that's a bad thing. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, emotionally? I would have to say it's the weather. <laughs> Seeing the dynamics of the weather, actually getting to enjoy the weather, not just being on TV, but when I'm actually off and I'm somewhere else, yeah. and I can just see a cloud grow or see a thunderstorm grow or something like that, I think it's that. Yeah, you, definitely, you, love, you love to start And it chase. does pull me closer to nature. It pulls me closer to God. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, this is a creation that was made. What turns you off then, creatively or spiritually? When people put you down. I don't like people that just 
can be that put people down me or my staff. It's just it's I, I don't like that. Yeah, and they do feel like they can say anything to you. Yes, for some reason because they feel like they know you. Yeah. So you'd say something to your family member, so they think you as a family member, so they just say it. Well, that's true. You're in their mm-hmm. home. Uh huh. You know that's true. What sound do you love the most? Sound do I love the most? Snow crunching. When it's under your feet. Yeah, you don't hear that very often around here. <laughs> yeah, I oh, know. Yeah, it's so a... I think I think I like that sound. Oh, that's cool. What sound do you hate? I'd say nails on a chalkboard is definitely All one right. of those. There I think that's go. a cliche. That's cliche. I know, oh, I know. but it's, everyone puts. There's a reason I yes. think it just goes up your back. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other profession would you have wanted to try, rather than meteorology? Maybe. I'm a people person, so it had to be something with people. What I would say, I'm interested in politics. So maybe being a representative or something like that. So if I didn't do meteorology, I'd probably be in the public sector. It's a service. It's a official. public yeah. service you're doing. Mm-hmm. Job you do now, really. Yes. Truth, be, truth be known. What job do you know you would not like to do? Um... I have a lot of respect for them, but I don't want to be a construction worker on a highway. I have a lot of respect for those guys. Yeah, it's I, dangerous. I, it is. It's dangerous. It's hot. It's cold. It's You deal with all the elements of the weather every single day, and I see that. And so it's not that I'm not, there's no, I'm not degrading that at all. I'm saying I just would not want to do that day in and day out. And finally, what do you want to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Good job. You did, you did your job. You served your purpose on earth of what I put you there for. Oh, Matt. Thank you so much. Thank Matt Hines. You can uh, catch him weekdays at what? Five, six, five, and, six ten? and ten. Five, and six I'm at and home ten. still. So and you're we'll still see. at home. Uh, someday you'll be back in the studio. <laughs> One day. But, you know, it's pretty cool being in the studio. And be with your family. And then being yeah. at home, it's shown me a whole different element. And when your kid can come, when Addison or Austin can come in, or Stephanie for that matter, and just say, hey, how you doing? Here's yeah. something. Here's a Coke or something. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool being at home. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. It, it is. It is different. Um, anyway, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. You got it, Ann. <laughs> Central Texas Living is part of the Rogue Media Network family. Be sure to check out their other shows at RogueMediaNetwork.com. Please rate us five stars on iTunes and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Join us again soon for more Central Texas Living, the podcast. Why am I here? I'm here to be your tour guide through Waco. I'm here to tell you all the goings on in and around Waco. I'm going to give you the 411 on what's happening, what's going on, and what events you should go to. This is your host, Debbie, signing off. Now that you know, go. Just go, Waco. You are going on a run. This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.